Okay, guys, welcome to another installment of Wheel Life Problems. I am your host, Ricky, and today with me I have Sir Bill. Hello. We have Brandon. Hi, how are ya? And we have James. Hey, everybody. How are you guys doing today? It's... Not bad, not bad. Yeah? How was everyone's Thanksgiving? That we haven't recorded since uh, then, so... Oh. I didn't... I mean, I know James doesn't yeah. celebrate Thanksgiving since he's <laughs> he's out of state, but, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm quite far out of state. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. What was it? It's Ireland. Yeah, no, it's Scotland, right? Scotland. Scotland. Okay. I For some reason, I don't know why, but I always get Ireland and Scotland <laughs> just kind of confused. and Maybe because I'm just really bad at geography. And As long as you didn't say England, it would have been fine. <laughs> Scot- Have people ever confused you for being English? Uh, no, no, it's generally not done. Um, Scottish, Scottish people don't take very kindly to being confused for English people. It's, really? It's a whole like rivalry thing. It probably stems. Like, yeah, part? it's a whole thing. Oh, I never knew that. I guess it's kind of like a, for me, uh, since I'm part Spanish, and like if you mix up Latin cultures, people get pissed off if like. You know, I'm Chilean, but if you call a Chilean Mexican, like we're not fucking Mexican, man. Yeah, or exactly. If you call like a uh, what's it called? A, same, same thing. If you call a Dominican person like a different Spanish, like uh, it's like oh, you're Puerto know. Rican. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm not fucking Puerto Rican. I'm Dominican. Yeah, like, get it right. Yeah. But moving on, how was your guys' Thanksgiving? It was good. It was good. We had family over, and it was nice, and it was good. We had a lot of food. So it was all good. Uh, mine wasn't too bad. Uh, we actually celebrated it uh, a little bit early, um, about a week early. It was like last Saturday. <laughs> so uh, we all just got together, and my dad barbecues a turkey like like a pro. So it wasn't like deep fried or it wasn't like oven roasted. It was yeah. Oh, slow cooked? Just, like- it, it was slow cooked on a barbecue, like on a on a grill with like the stuffing and all that but that's awesome it comes out like super crispy like the skin is like yeah super crispy and it's all like moist on the inside even the you know even like the white meat which can can kind of be a little dry at times um yeah me too um but yeah this is just awesome (laughs) Yeah, I could, there's there's something about Thanksgiving like I'm I'm sorry James that you can't like really like like love think I I don't know what I'm trying to say that relate to the holiday. Yes, that's unless exactly. there's something similar. I don't know. Is there something similar? Uh, we have things like um, Burns Night in Scotland and things like that. So we we don't celebrate think the same thing because obviously um, like thanks, a, yeah. Thanksgiving is a very American. It's you know the whole yeah. sort of pilgrims and all that sort of thing, but yeah, we have our own holidays, so yeah, that's right. But not one where you get to eat turkey, is there? Uh well, I mean, I get enough turkey at Christmas, I think so. Oh, there you go. Well, I see you get turkey at Christmas. I don't. There's just I, for me, I love Thanksgiving. It's just there's it's a reason to get like together with all your family and stuff, and then just like all the fucking food you get to eat. It's just oh, I always just I was uh I was making a joke earlier. Uh, to one of my family members, like, as, you know, you guys know, but maybe the audience still doesn't know for some reason. Maybe this is their first time listening to it, that we're, that I'm in uh, quadriplegic. And I was saying, good thing about non-functioning abdominal muscles is there's more room for food now. I can stretch out ah. more. <laughs> I hear that. Yep. I got quad belly myself. Yeah, right? So you 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 understand what I'm saying. It's like we have oh, more room totally. for food. Yeah. There's more room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's turkey, sweet potatoes, uh, gravy, stuffing. Ugh. I was just bummed. Uh, went up to visit my in-laws actually uh, the day after Thanksgiving. We get up there and all their leftovers were gone. Oh God, that sucks. Those people can eat. I'm like, damn, you guys. That's like that. Other than Thanksgiving itself, the best part about Thanksgiving is the leftovers. You make yourself a turkey sandwich, or yes, you know, load that right, like, loading up with mayo and 
I could eat that. I could eat turkey cold. Like I, I don't even care. Anyway. I mean, I like yeah. mayo personally, but I've ate, ate it a variety of different ways. I'll re sometimes I'll reheat it and have the meal like it was or whatever. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll eat it however. It's still good. My mom makes a pretty decent stuffing, and it yeah. was like yeah, it had all the like almond slivers in it and like uh like raisins, celery, and yeah, and then like breadcrumbs and all that other stuff, and cooked in inside the turkey or in the turkey when it was barbecued. So it's yeah. got that like smokiness to it as well. Nice, Freaking. nice. Yeah, we did a. This is the first year that my mom ever did homemade uh, uh, stuffing. A lot of times we were we we're kind of lazy. Mm. Oh, I don't blame you. About it, just out of convenience. Mm. Um, but it actually turns out like it actually tastes better whenever you make something from scratch. I think. Oh, it always tastes better. It's got that little bit of love in it. Yeah, it's <laughs> got that that love. <laughs> mhm. Well, I'm glad everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Um, I guess moving on from there, we can go into our first topic of the day. Uh, we were all talking about earlier how uh, there was a little discrepancy in how was was we'll start with Spyro, I guess. Yeah, isn't sure. being yeah, too kind to that. us disability community. Um, specifically the deaf. Yeah, the specifically the deaf. Uh, I, I let one of you guys explain. You guys might be able to explain it better than me. James did post the article, so maybe we should start with you. Uh, yeah, well, basically, it's not too complicated a story. It's um, yeah, they made the remake of the old Spyro games from the PlayStation One that you may have played like back in the sort of late nineties and early two thousands. Um, and they are, by all accounts, you know, very good games. But unfortunately, the game has shipped with no subtitles options. And the the reason they gave for this was that there are. They say that there's no industry standard um, for subtitles in games, which is, I mean, yeah, okay, that may well be technically true, but there are so many good examples in games of good subtitles and. You know, there's standards for subtitling in other mediums like television and film that they could quite easily use. So, understandably, so people are kicking up a stink about it. And Activision's position on this has been okay, we hear you, and we'll have a look at it. So, they're non committal to patching in subtitles as of yet, but it's a massive failure on their part to even attempt to put subtitles in it seems really as if they've just overlooked it and right now they're sort of scrambling for some kind of plausible excuse as to why they didn't bother right right i mean the one thing in the article that stood out to me was they were talking about how like they're trying to keep the original product intact and that 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 to me like in the article the article kind of hit upon it that 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 really is not they didn't say cop out. I don't know verbatim what it was, but basically something to that effect, where it was like just not a very, it's a very flimsy sort of excuse. Basically, oh, yeah, is yeah. What, it's yeah, it's, it's totally weak. Yeah, it's it's a weak argument because my thing is is that me and Ricky were just talking about this before. Like, <laughs> they probably have a script somewhere, and it probably is digital in some place. So I'm just saying that. Coding for something like that can. There's no way that it's that complicated to do when they already have. You know, I'm just saying. I, I I don't know what goes into that, but I think that would be pretty. That would be like a minor thing because you know you see it in like uh, Red Dead that just came out. Even the cutscenes, you can still see text of what they're saying. I have a feeling it's probably like some inside like thing, like you know, like. They didn't care about deaf people back then because the guy who created the game's wife was probably deaf and it was probably a spiteful way of him getting back at his wife or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's it. I don't want my goddamn wife to be able to read this game or hear this game. <laughs> She's not allowed to enjoy this. Yeah, so because he, the, because this guy's being spiteful towards his wife, you know, it's, he's completely uh, alienating a whole entire group of people. Obviously, it's not true, but in my head, I feel like it just that would make a funny canon. The true story behind Spyro. Yeah. So yeah, Activision is making, LA, Activision's making two arguments here. Um, 
the first one is that there's no industry standard for subtitles. Weak. Um, which, yes, is a weak argument, but it's worth looking at for um, for if for no other reason than the fact that they're uh, there absolutely need to be industry standards. Absolutely. Um, and I'm, and they seem to be forming. I'm, I mean, because most recent games have a subtitle option. And while this remake um, may not have had subtitles in its original form doesn't mean that they can't be a- added. Right. Um, yeah. If you don't want the subtitles in, or- in your original yeah. form, then turn them off, you know, then boom, game integrity intact. But this, uh, yeah, this, like this video game right here should be the reason why industry standards need to be created. Um, and the second argument is that they're committed to keeping the integri- integrity and legacy of Spiro that fans remembered intact. So what they seem to be saying is that we want to give you exactly what the game was. And what the game was, was unsubtitled. Mm. And that's another, that seems to be like a separate argument that needs to also be looked at. Uh, How much are we willing to accept um, when it comes to accessibility? versus uh purism i guess for lack of a better term yeah, yeah i see i see where you're getting at with that that yeah. yeah i mean pure some purists might say oh well the original spiro didn't have uh button remapping so this one shouldn't either or um or maybe like the original spiro like if it I never played Spear of the Dragon, so I'm just kind of like throwing yeah. out like things here. But if the original Spiro didn't have like difficulty set different difficulty settings, and the remake does, I mean, I consider difficulty settings to be an accessibility option. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it definitely Absolutely. is because different people have varying. Yeah, and it allows. Um, it allows players to enjoy like the experience of the game without um, having to, yeah, without like having to die all the time because it's uh, so difficult and requires so many uh, button presses and so on. Yeah. Um... Yeah. I mean, eventually you just got to kind of adapt with the times and realize, you know, there's some places where you can, you know, uh, I'm stuck on thinking of the word. Uh, improve. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Some places you can improve. Mm-hmm. Some places you can stay pure. You know. But you know, you gotta have to adapt to modern times and realize, like, you know, there's more than just the that one audience out there that you want. Well, yeah. And plus, I mean, you look at it like, I think on average, like with the way medical advances have gone, people that are, you know, ending up handicapped in chairs. I think, like, I don't know statistically speaking, but it seems like there's a lot of people living to be a lot older than it used to be. You know what I'm saying? Just because with any time medical advances happen, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm not saying that that's the Mm -hmm. reason why they haven't done these things, but I'm saying disability has become, it's not as, like, uh, scandalous or whatever. Like, when you go out, like, it seems like people are a lot more receptive than they used to be in terms of, like, you know, because you look back, like I, I've talked to my parents about, like what it, what their situation was like when they were, when they were going, when they were growing up, like in the '70s and stuff. And there just really wasn't 
you know, a lot of a lot of people ended up being bedridden or didn't end up, you know, there was still there was some options, but it wasn't as like prevalent. Like, you know, stuff wasn't as accessible and you know, but now we're in a different time. We're in a different time where I think that every aspect of our lives should be, you know, they should look at things like this, you know, and the, this seems like a pretty simple thing, but yet it becomes this whole other bigger question of like, you know, like, are they actually thinking about every part of their audience? Truly. It doesn't seem like they are. No, to me. no, I don't think so either. And that's a shame. Mm-hmm. I think it was easier back then to ignore like, uh, mm-hmm. say the subtitle aspect of that, yeah. because that community didn't really have a voice back then either. But now with social media and everything in the internet, everyone has a voice. And if you, neglect the deaf community their voice is going to be heard <laughs> i like what you did there. i didn't mean to do that but that was <laughs> oh my no pun intended uh, james uh, you were about to add something yeah, in there it's like this whole aspect of trying to maintain a, a pure experience or you know to recreate spiral as it was originally created i thought that's a uh, frankly it's a, it's a load of shit right because I agree. Mm-hmm. You know, they put all these options in, but there's no, there's, <clears throat> if you don't want subtitles in Spiral, if you're that hard line about Spiral being no subtitles, damn it, then, <laughs> you know, just put an option to switch them off. Yeah. And then boom. Leave the box that says subtitles unchecked. Yes. So easy. Uh, but then Activision <laughs> will play this, oh no, we want to, we want to give our community yeah. the game as they originally uh, had it, except obviously they'll go forward and they'll completely overhaul the graphics and increase the poly count by a hundred thousand times or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, that's a, that's a terrible excuse. And it's completely hypocritical on the part of Activision, who a couple of years ago were quite happy to put out um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Yeah, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered. They put that out. Yeah. But they put that out again, if I remember right, and then added microtransactions and things like that that weren't in the original game. So they're, you know, they're quite happy to fiddle around with the game if it leads to more money in their pockets. But right. if it means more work for them in terms of, you know, increasing the accessibility of it, then they're a little bit less, uh, a little bit less keen to do that work, for sure. I think it'd be interesting to get the opinion of someone who's actually deaf on this whole topic too, but we don't have that covered among the four of us. Yeah. Um, this Definitely also got... let me know next time. I'll make sure yeah. we can get a guess. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, this also got me thinking about PlayStation a little bit, about about Sony, because uh, Spyro was original, originally on Sony, uh, was on the PlayStation. Um, there's been some... I know originally we weren't going to talk about this, but we didn't bring it up. Um, there's this PlayStation Classic that I've been hearing a lot about, and it really sounds like a piece of garbage, to be honest with you. They're offering 20 games, and amongst these games, I'm not seeing anything like... You're not seeing Crash Bandicoot, you're not seeing Spyro, you're not seeing Castlevania, you're not seeing Tomb Raider at all on this list. And it's 20 games, and they expect you to pay $100 for this thing, and I just feel like... um. I don't know, I just got thinking about how Sony is just being kind of like, they've been kind of shitty when it comes to things lately, like when it it comes to cross-platform or it comes to, like, I was this. just going to say that. Even this, like, they're just hitting the bottom of the barrel because, I mean, like, I was going... Well, is Sony contracting Activision to do the Spyro? Like, I, I don't know, but... Is the new Spyro a Sony exclusive, too? No, it's on Xbox as well. Okay. I, yeah, it's on Xbox no and PlayStation. Um, but this list, I'm looking. I have it up here right now. They got like this Battle Arena to Shinden. I've never even heard of this. Cool Borders Two, Destructive Derby, Final Fantasy. What is this? Uh, if it's a V, that's five. And if there's things in front of it, like V, <laughs> I, I don't know my numbers like this. Like V, and then it's got two lines. Oh, is that Final is that? Fantasy Seven? Maybe. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Think the original Grand. Yeah, that's Final. Final that's seven. Um, some game I don't know. Jumping Flash, Metal Gear Solid, Doctor Dr. Mister Drill, Oddworld, Ooh, Metal Gear Solid, Rayman. Honestly, like cut. I mean, I could go on and on, but it's just not. I just it doesn't really have any of the greatest hits in there. It's got some of them, but not. All. 
if Sony's not gonna if Sony's gonna drag their feet on cross-platform play, then I don't really expect them to be on the cutting edge of accessibility either. Sony wasn't even at TwitchCon for crying out loud, and Microsoft was everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I'm just making the point that I know that this is, I'm talking about a classic console here, but I'm just saying that I've been seeing time and time again um, Sony just letting, letting people down and i'm not saying that i i have a problem with sony i don't but i feel like they could there's more that they could be doing and i just feel like they're just not their involvement with uh i guess with the fans in general not even accessibility just doesn't seem to be they don't make the connection that you see with like nintendo fans nintendo screws up a lot okay they mess up a lot but somehow they're able to keep these loyal fans. I don't know how it's possible, but I think it might be just the fact that they're everywhere. They're smart enough to get themselves going places, you know, showing up at different places, you know. Same thing with Microsoft. Microsoft's everywhere. They're smart enough to know that they need to be in on these things, and I feel like Microsoft actually has done a better job of, like, for instance, there's a streamer that we know, Gommel, you know her. She's on a... I think her name's Cherry or something like that. And she's like an actual um one of those people that's kind of like an advocate for uh oh yeah, Xbox, Cherry Ray. Mm-hmm. Like an Xbox ambassador. I feel like the fact that they even had an event like that where it was like Microsoft has all these people and stuff. And I, I don't know, I just feel like I feel like when it comes to Microsoft versus Sony, I feel like Microsoft is really they're kind of putting themselves in a good spot in terms of actually making attempts to you know, please their audience. Yeah. And make sure that they reach as many people as possible as well. Um, how yeah. I've got their adaptive controller right on my lap as we speak. Um, right. Exactly. And prime example. And the, the thing is like, I'm looking at this device here and I'm just thinking to myself, like, what if we got had some able-bodied people get their hands on this thing and then start seeing what they can do with it. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, but then I was also going to tie this back to like how, you know, uh, James, you also posted an article about, you know, just how unimpressive Nintendo has kind of been in terms of like when it comes to the experience for people that have disabilities, it's just really, they're really limiting their, they're really limiting the uh, people that they could have playing their games because of the Joy-Con or you look at the Wii U with that with that whole thing. I mean, that, that controller is not accessible for somebody. I mean, there's people that could barely hold that thing if, if they if they have the wrong, you know, if they, if they have the, well, I don't know if it's wrong disability or if they have a certain type of disability, they might have that issue. Or like even with the, you know, before that, even the Wii. So, I mean, really, you're looking at three different systems that had that all have issues with accessibility oh yeah yeah totally so the the article that we're talking about is um it was on medium gaming it was written by mark brown of i think it's the he makes the game makers toolkit or he's involved in the development of that and yeah basically like that was he was right on the money or at least in terms of my experience with nintendo products over the past like maybe 10 years Um, yeah exactly yeah, so like, say f- for example, in my case, like for me, I first fell off using Nintendo products recently when um, I bought my Wii, and like, I mean, it's it had a lot of games on it that I would have liked to have played, but unfortunately, so many of them used the pointer, so to get that to work properly, you kind of need to keep a certain distance away from the screen, and I need to yeah. sit well, well within that radius to actually be able to see what I'm doing with it. So, like, occasionally I'd get something like um, Monster Hunter Try came out on the Wii and it had a tiny little bit of motion controls but you really didn't need to, to bother with it. It was just like for finding out some more information about the monsters in that game. But you could play... When you say pointer, you mean the, the motion remote and the sensor bar, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of the, okay, cool. the sort of motion, sure. the Wii remote sort of works with the sensor bar and you kind of get a pointer effect on the screen. Right. Um... Yeah, so anything that would anything that involved that, I couldn't play, which was a real downer because I was a bit, I was a real really big um, 
a really big uh, GameCube fan, big GameCube defender. That was like, you know, I had a PlayStation Two and eventually landed myself uh, one of the original Xboxes as well somehow. But the GameCube was my thing. Like Wind Waker, um, oh, yeah. Metroid Prime. Mm. not so much Super Mario Sunshine but uh, yeah like Smash Brothers and all this type of thing I was like really heavily into that and then suddenly the Wii comes out and I'm like okay no I need to find a new a new main console it sucks and then obviously as you're saying like subsequent consoles and the Wii U as well they've all got serious accessibility issues yeah. So if you don't, so if you're not a fan of the Wii, then I mean, what what are your opinions on the on the Switch? That do you have do you find yourself having the same accessible problems with the Switch as you do with the Wii? Well, um, it's funny you say that because I've not actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. The the after having such a bad experience with the Wii, I wasn't touching the Wii U. <laughs> I was just I was like, oh, I was too angry at Nintendo for making a console that I couldn't use, so. I've not really, I've not tried the Switch either. I know my brother has one and his eyesight's as bad as mine, but he, and he's had, I think he's had an okay time with it, you know, but if you've got maybe worse sight than, than I do, then I wouldn't, you know, try before you, I would recommend you try before you buy it, because it's... Yeah. Well, the Switch also doesn't have the, the pointer remote either, there's no, like, bar you have to set up, it's all just basically a screen with just... I guess motion controls, right? I mean, in some games, yeah, there are motion controls. Like, uh, for instance, one of the things like you have to do like a boomerang sort of motion with the pro controller to get oh god the hat to spin. Your time out in Mario, right? Yeah, which I can do, but not everybody can do that, and that's annoying because, like, for instance, I have the Wii, I have the Wii U, and I have the Switch. I have not had the same issues with that but i can already see the issues that one would have with those from like the awkwardness of the wii u controller because that thing's bulky doesn't really utilize the the uh a lot of the games don't utilize the features that were they were even trying to implement there and it's just not a it's very unimpressive to me like you know I, even though i got it the only reason why i got it was because of smash the only thing that I cared about about that system, uh, and you could plug up GameCube controllers to it, so there was that. Um, the Switch, I believe, you can can plug up GameCube controllers, but you have to uh, you have to get a product that is like uh, someone else makes it. It's not. I don't think it's Nintendo licensed at all, but it does work. So I mean, Mad Cats. That's the only other like sec- third party. Oh, there's there's another one record. actually. I, I think it may be Hori that makes it. I think. Um, I... or actually, Cory, Hori, H O R I. Oh, Hori. Yeah, they do a lot of our uh, really good arcade sticks, and I think just they're a bit like Mad Cats. Yeah, as well. I have a, I have a Nintendo, a, a Nintendo sixty four modded uh, controller by them. That's uh, kind of cool. It's like they uh, it's kind of like they used um. Um, they used a, um, uh, I don't remember, I'm trying to think of how this works, uh, oh, basically they took a GameCube, like, controller stick, and they added it, and they changed the configuration a little bit to be more like if it were a GameCube controller. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Interesting. Well, it's Is funny it that just... we're... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. You, you first. Mine, mine was just blabbering. Oh, I was just going to ask if it... Like, if you guys have noticed that Microsoft seems to be, like, really married to the idea of having their games require motion controls. Oh, and I have no idea. So if what? Have you, you, guys, Nintendo? Have you guys noticed those? that? Like, Nintendo just seems to be, like, almost shoehorning uh, motion controls into games that just don't need them. Oh, yeah. You, oh, you meant Nintendo, because you said Microsoft at first. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah. yeah. That's why I was so confused. I was like, I've never heard of oh Microsoft. Oh, my God. Really yeah. too many I feel like an idiot now. <laughs> yeah. Have you, guys noticed that, have you guys noticed that Nintendo just seems to be married to the idea of uh, having motion controls in their games on on the Switch? 
I think it's just the their attempt to set this set themselves apart from like like Microsoft and Sony. I feel like are pretty interchangeable. You know, they're like you know, yeah. like you can go one or the other. But I guess like Nintendo wants to set themselves apart to be like a more interactive console and what what it would seem like. Yeah, yeah, and that that can kind of almost in terms of ex- I guess of accessibility, they shoot themselves in the foot in one one aspect, but then they grow another foot in another aspect. You know. Yeah, I mean, I and just certain like, games because they have those motion yeah. controls, um, like have to be played handheld. And when you try to dock it to, um, when you try to use it docked and like with like a pro controller, um, that doesn't actually have those like motion components, then it's like almost like you wasted money on that controller. Just a thought. I've seen a lot of criticism about that in the last uh, couple of weeks, yeah, especially with uh, Pokemon Go. Now, I don't have much of a i I don't have a really have a horse in that race because I don't play um, on the Switch really, or nor do I play Pokemon games. But um, it seems like a lot of people want to be able to control the game while it's docked the way you would control it in portable mode and they can't. Yes. See what you're getting at. Yeah. It's funny like that, even though we're talking about Nintendo today over the podcast, this isn't the first time I've heard of like Nintendo being shitty towards accessibility. Cause as you guys have known, maybe the audience doesn't, but I've like, I'm still trying to get a box a, a gaming controller box. So I can start to play again. And it was through the Accessible Gamers charity. And they are telling me that, like, they've been at, like, fighting with Nintendo to constantly be like, hey, program these things into your code so that we can add ways to make it more accessible afterwards. But I guess, like, their code is so proprietary that they kind of just, you know, push the accessibility at the wayside. And I had this conversation, like, a year ago. So it's, like, not something that's just new or out of the blue. It's, like, it's funny. It's, like, it's been an ongoing conversation, and it's just funny that we're bringing it back up today. And- yeah, yeah. It's the one, the frustrating thing that about for me about Nintendo is that it doesn't even seem to be the. You'll see occasional flashes of accessibility from Nintendo games. So, like in the blind community, there was like some people were playing One Two Switch because through the audio and. Um, the HD rumble thing in the in the remotes in the controllers, there were um, blind people were able to play that. Or um, Mario Kart added the sort of self steering thing, where in Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, it will steer you through the tracks a little bit. It will stop you from driving off a track if you're getting too close to the edge. So you know you can play with your friends if you've got sight loss. You're not excluded from it in the way that you would have been with previous That's Mario really- Kart games. But it's it's like it's 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 those individual teams making decisions, and sometimes you think, is that an accessibility feature, or is that just something that they put in for? Well, I mean, I say like maybe something to help small children play. You would if you think of it as an accessible accessibility feature because it's making the game accessible to the young kids, but not in the way. It's not really they're not thinking about people with disabilities when they're making their games. There's no. Um, in the way that you see with Microsoft and uh, Sony and with PlayStation, mm-hmm. there's no overarching, there's no internal discussion going on about accessibility at any level. It's so frustrating because they could do it, but yeah, yeah they just don't seem to be, it doesn't seem to be a priority for them. It doesn't You're even really seem limited. to be, doesn't even seem to be on their radar at all. Well, I have a weird question for you guys, and maybe this question doesn't even have an answer, so you guys can just say "uh" if you want. But like, at one point, uh, no. at what point is it like too far? Where you're adding like too much accessibility? You know, like where's the line of like, oh, it's accessible for everyone that needs to be able to play a game, but then like, at one point, what are you making for like features for a game that are like redundant? Where you're like, wow, this like is who would need this kind of accessibility thing? Like. Or is that line even exist where, like, you know, why not just make it as accessible for? I don't know. I'm, well, I'm that's not the worried. thing. Like, if it becomes if it becomes where it's not functional anymore, that would say that's an issue because 
don't want to go too far where it's like it's it creates an unfunctional experience, you know, because you almost create, you know what I'm saying? Like if you do too much, that could mm-hmm. happen, but I don't think that I don't think we're in a I don't think we're in a place where it really is too much because it seems like there's already they're already doing the bare minimum in a lot of cases. It just seems like we're not even trying, you know. It's a good answer to that. The thing about accessibility is that when it's done well, it it's 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 almost like you can't tell that they've really done anything at all because right. um and really it's all about uh creating and maximizing options. Right. And options um to most people don't um well, let me let me put it this way. Um when if when you talk about accessibility features and adding them to a game, it's almost like the word accessibility carries a little bit of a stigma mm-hmm. because when people hear the word accessibility, they think that they're going to have a uh, diminished playing experience. And when you use the term options instead, people usually tend to view that in a much more positive light and making mm-hmm. it more palatable for gamers that don't um that aren't limited uh by any uh sort of circumstance like like we are so uh, when it's done right it's people just see a game with a whole lot of options Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. when a game has a lot of options then um not not only is it more inclusive but people find ways to play the game and enjoy the game um, that the developers might not have anticipated. Right. Which um, is usually ends up making for a more interesting game. Hmm. Um, an example if, of this would be like uh, a game like Eve online where um the game had had so many options in what you could do and be um, that people just started finding new and interesting ways to play the game, which have led to um, it being more fun for everybody because they all um, get to... um, play i well yeah they it's like <laughs> they all get to play yes but they all get to play differently right if that makes sense no it does and it, i was not anticipating this well of thought out answers to that question but and that's a good, <laughs> that, that's a good thing though like i was because i was just throwing out an open-ended question just to see where it would go and no, I was... he had low expectations <laughs> <laughs> thanks oh i continually meet low expectations <laughs> I mean, when you can't stand, it's kind of. <laughs> <Hey-o. laughs> well, yeah, I mean, just speaking from experience here. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I was looking uh, while we were talking, I was actually looking um, in terms of like, uh, I know it's not really accessibility, but I mean, it could tie in. There's this company that makes these uh, things that are called Brook Design worked with them before they basically make a lot of controller types of converters because like for some people for instance playstation controllers are better i found like there's a guy that i know that because of the way the stick configuration is on that he has to put his hands like he has to sit his hands on his lap to hold the controller if he tried to use an xbox controller he wouldn't be able to use it because the configuration so for some people that might be an Xbox controller. So they have like converters where you can go from PS4 to Xbox or you know stuff like that. And I just thought that was kind of a kind of interesting um, thing. I mean, because certain people obviously certain controllers might actually work better for them. No, that's a good point. Actually, I've, so, I've, I have seen those before on 
Yeah. I don't know if you ever used the the original Xbox controllers. The the huge ass ones. The original one was called the Duke. <laughs> the the very ones. Yeah. Like those controllers are for the people that are, that are listening that haven't seen those. Imagine if you took like maybe three or four normal Xbox controllers and just taped them all together. <laughs> they're like really enormous. Um, yeah, they are. They are that big. They're fucking terrible. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's all right if you've got the if you've got big dinner plate hands, then they're probably very comfortable. But for someone like, um, I think for most people, and certainly for like in the case of my partner, she's got she's got normal sized hands, but. She's like a, a small lady, so she's not yeah. like a small lady. She is a small lady, and <laughs> a big, big controller is not gonna. It's gonna give her sore hands. So it's 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 not what I, what I would normally think of when I think of accessibility. But like she's gonna end up if she wants to sit there and play through Halo Two on an original Xbox. By the end of it, she's gonna be in a lot of pain, um, especially given the length of time that she'll sit and play that. So what I did was. For that system, I was able to get converters that would allow me to plug in PlayStation 2 controllers, which were considerably smaller than the Xbox controllers at the time. And huh. in some cases, for some games like even Sega Saturn controllers and things like that, because it's just these much smaller controllers were com- more comfortable to use over longer periods of time. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so these things are they're out there and they're they're really good. <laughs> for whatever it is system. funny though that I haven't thought about that big ass controller in a long time. I heard like, I heard that controller had a a hard time being success successful in the Asian market because I guess, uh, people over in Asian countries have much smaller hands and were having a hard time playing. Well, yeah, the controller stick configuration is actually different there. Well, for the the original huge Xbox controller? Yeah, because apparently there was two variations of it. Really? Yeah, there was like the American version and there was some like Asian version of it too. I mean, I know, I remember they didn't end up making smaller Xbox controllers eventually. Yeah, they ended up having to because the thing is that I think what they were anticipating is they were anticipating mostly adult males were going to be playing this, but... Kids wanted to play it, too, because of Halo, you know? Mm-hmm. Kids ended up playing Halo. So, I mean, and because of other games, because they found out that kids were actually wanting to play it. And the controller didn't really cater to anybody but an adult male, it seems like. Right. So that might not have been catering to... Also wasn't catering to females, either, clearly. <laughs> because they tend... You know, I'm not saying... I'm not making a judgment, but it seems like a lot of times... Males are more likely to have bigger hands than a female. <gasps> How dare you make that judgment? <laughs> but well, so it could be unfair to several people. <laughs> well, I have a, I have an open-ended question again for you guys. Like going back on the topic of Nintendo, is there like a Nintendo-specific game that you wish that you could play, but because of accessibility, you can't? Oh, oh yeah, I got a good one. Like an which like which Nintendo game have like you really want well, no, to play? Well, no, this this isn't a Nintendo story. This is like it's something else that wasn't accessible. But I could think of Nintendo too. I mean, well, shoot, tell us tell us that one. Okay, so it was there's this Rick and Morty game that's VR. Uh huh. And it requires you to be able like it doesn't. They didn't allow it to where you could use a controller for it too, because with VR. What makes a good VR game is something that can be actually used with a controller. And the reason why I say that is because I know some people want to use the motion controls, but the problem was is that you had to lift your arms to a certain point, and I can only lift my arms so high with those motion controls. Mm-hmm. And it basically made it to where I can't play the game at all. Damn. So it was very wow. frustrating. And it's just like, or super hot is not accessible at all. Um, they need to allow for controller... And some people would be like, well, doesn't that take away from the VR experience? Absolutely not. You are still immersing yourself in a world that is not the room that you're currently in. So I like Resident Evil 7 was a prime example of VR done perfectly because they did it great to where you can flip yourself around with the controller. You can see the whole world and immerse yourself in it. And they did a terrific job on it. They they made it to where 
you can use the controller with no problem. Um, and this is a PlayStation VR, which I have found seems to cater most out of any of them towards disabilities in most cases for someone that can at least use a controller anyways. Hmm. Um, and you can still be seated is a nice thing too, because with some of these other things like the vibe and some other stuff, I mean, the vibe might work. Some people told me that there is a way to get it to work. Um, I know the Oculus is like a hell no. Um, because just the way that it's set up, it just doesn't work uh, for someone sitting down, as far as I know, um, because I looked it up and stuff. But that was just a shitty experience, because it's like it was something I really wanted to play, but they just didn't. Basically, what they did is they took the job simulator, which is already a game. They just put Rick and Morty skin on it and some voice acting and did not change any features to it in terms of being able to use a controller. So that was kind of their downfall. Huh. It failed miserably. I see. That's for me. So Rick and Morty VR game. Is Brendan, that... James, either, either one of you guys have an answer? Honestly, like, I, I'm not really sure if I'm going to be able to play any VR games. Yeah. That's, that's just because kinda... they require um, use of paddles, and until they find a way to m make it uh, playable hands-free, then uh, then v the entire like genre of games in that yeah all like all VR titles will be walled off. Yeah, I mean they have to go with voice activity is what I think would be the would be the smart smart decision or if we could at least get to the point where they make stuff open source enough to where it can actually be they can make it open enough to where a third party person that wants to make something work with it can do that. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like it has to be one or the other. I think that it it should start at the studio base though. In terms of the developer, it should start at the developer as opposed to having to have a third party out there to be able to make it accessible. So I do mm. think that that's very important and it's something that they need to think about because we're, we should be able to, to experience those games too because that VR creates a whole other experience that otherwise would not be – it could be like a really awesome thing for someone that's disabled. Think about it. You could – make like a virtual tour of something that you otherwise would not be able to experience due to your accessibility issues. So there's a whole other way that they can make that actually be beneficial to the community as opposed to being kind of this, you know, negative thing. So, you know. That would be nice. And VR porn. That does exist. <laughs> I'm not going to say how I know this, but it does exist. <laughs> yeah, I have heard about VR porn discussed on other podcasts. So that's <laughs> this isn't the only podcast that's <laughs> happening on. That's the accessibility we really need to get into, right? Not, I mean, not really though. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. oh man. Well, unless anyone has anything to add, I mean, I feel like this is a good spot to like start winding things up uh before we end up running too far along the clock i guess well i do have one thing i'd like to add sure. um because last time we recorded uh where i was talking about accessible websites yeah i was talking about how some websites aren't accessible and but mm -hmm. since then i did a wee bit of reading you know people are listening to this and expect maybe he's learned at least something mm -hmm. um the help of you so yeah Turns out, actually, a lot of websites, most websites for blind users are quite accessible. Basically, if a website's not accessible, at least in the UK, then you can take the the organisation that runs the website to court. Like if a place isn't sort of wheelchair accessible, you could mm -hmm. um, maybe take them to court. I, I, I don't know the specifics about the laws, but um, yeah, so basically, no one in the UK, no website in the UK has ever been charged with this, has ever been sort of taking the task over it, but a couple of them have been challenged by uh, the Royal National Institute of Blind People. So, yeah, it seems like the 
the RNIB have challenged a few websites on this and threatened to take them to court over it and they've went, no, no, we will deal with it <laughs> very quickly and it all got sorted out. But yeah, it seems like, you know, most, most websites these days do take accessibility for screen readers, um, for screen reader users mm-hmm. very seriously because they have to because if they don't, then there's legal repercussions. Cool. I'm glad that's, I'm glad that's a thing. It, it is kind of like a funny picture to put in your head, though, like taking someone to court over a website. Like, but yeah, I can understand why it would go like, there. Like, I understand it, but like, because my mate, my brain is so comedic and stupid, I'm just like imagining <laughs> someone, just, you know, just in courts, like, just goddamn website. I don't know. I'm just going to stop it right there before I get too far into it. But no, it, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's good that those measures are in place because, yeah. you know, it is very, I, I'm joking about it, but it is, it is important, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, because it's like, if it's something like just, if you're trying to go to somewhere like The Onion or something like a comedy news website or, you know, some something that's maybe not essential to your day-to-day, then, yeah, it's maybe not such a big deal. So, so not porn, then? Yeah, yeah, if you can't get, like, if, if your porn site's not accessible, then you'll live, you'll be <laughs> frustrated about it, but you, you'll be able to get on with your day. But you if know, you call that living, take them to a website. <laughs> See, I can't even click on the video when I want to. But yeah, well, I guess we better make sure our website is accessible then. Yeah, but uh, I can imagine it now, Ricky. Someone's like on the, they're like, "Hey, show us on the computer now." See this goddamn website. <laughs> I I prove it. Hell yeah! <laughs> All right. Anyways, well, <laughs> that's okay. Cool. I got my correction in, so that's me. I'm happy. <laughs> all right cool no i mean like, like i said that's 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 definitely good to know and it's just, uh yeah that's a good place to i guess wrap things up then uh i want to thank everyone who is listening now uh if you are abled or unabled or whatever your disability is or you're just a cool person listening and just want to hear about disability worlds you know thanks for listening to us and join us next time on the exciting adventures of wheel life problems with me, Ricky, and Brandon and James and Bill.